0: If you like to stand during, we've, as we ever how you feel. I know some we've got we're creaking legs and all that. But as you desire, let's read it together. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed. It's actually verses verses 19 through 25. That's it. Okay. Okay. Um, did y'all catch what it first said? Be you know, a prayer of mine is, I pray, Lord, help me to be slow to speak. And quick to listen. Okay. How many of us have have been quick to speak and slow to listen and it got you in a whole heap of trouble? Okay. You know, as I read the word and I'm in the Old Testament and New Testament and now going through the Bible again and in the Psalms. As I read the word, things just come off the pages to me as God speaks to me through his word. And I get quiet and ask God to speak and so forth. And I've been talking about that a little bit. And encouraging you to do the same if you don't get and sit whatever you meditate upon the Word of God. But I want to tell you, the Word, by the Spirit of God, it changes you. You begin to see things differently. You begin to see things maybe that you've done that maybe you say, Man, I need to confess this and I need to repent of that. God begins to reveal those things to us. Not to destroy us and not to condemn us at all. But that we can live with, obviously, the perfect freedom here that what He's talking about in the Scripture. But so often we are... Obviously, quick to speak, and we're slow to listen, you know. Uh, any of y'all have been married for some time, we know. I've learned as a husband, I need to be slow to speak and quick to listen, okay? I know that. I've learned. But I'm the, from the old school of hard knocks, <laughs> and I have to learn the hard way about that. But really, if you look at the Bible, how wise and how obviously perfect that God does it. And we know that we not want, all these things won't come to being in our lives. or we can, we can have a bent to say, Lord, I want to be like this. I want this in my life. But you begin reading the Word of God. And you're talking about uh, showing you things that you never saw before. Because obviously we've probably read the Bible. I've studied the Bible and all that. But every time that I read it, something new happens. And this particular uh, time about this scripture, I think is, uh certainly illustrates that certainly today. So... How are you Can be a, a blessed hearer of the Word of God? What that actually implies is the fact that many people can sit under the teaching of the Word of God and never make any changes. And this scripture talks about it. And so what happens is, as we as maybe churchgoers, maybe sometimes... For whatever part of our lives or whatever, we can keep coming in and sort of going through the motions. And you hear me speak, and it's not about me and how well I certainly uh, try to do the best I can and putting things together and so forth. It's about actually listening to the Word of God and applying the Word of God to your life. And when you do that, you'll see your life change. Things begin to happen. You don't boast about it or brag about it. But you see something happening when you abide uh, in Christ and certainly he abides in you. And so how do you become blessed? I have blessed here uh, of the word and enjoy the benefits. And I say the benefits of the word of God. I want to talk about that today somewhat. I believe it's very revealing because in these seven verses, it's packed full, I believe, of wisdom and things that God is telling us to do. As we prepare, obviously, he could come back at any time. Revival could come. Our hearts are being prepared. We've mentioned that before. We are being prepared. We're always under preparation, aren't we? You know, maybe being prepared for heaven, certainly, but we're learning and growing to be more like Jesus Christ. And so uh, God's working on me. Maybe I'm sure he's working on you, too. So the first thing is that we do when we see that to uh, how do we interact with the word of God? So as a result, it's a blessing to us. And so we need to hear instruction from the Lord. And the book of Proverbs is called the book of wisdom. In Proverbs 1, verse 8, listen to this. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Listen to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. I know you; all of us here could say, you know, and 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 we all have earthly fathers and mothers, and they're not perfect. They're certainly not, not perfect. Mine weren't. They were great parents, but none of them were perfect. But they're here to teach us and to show us, to give us wisdom, to show us and so forth. And again, some of us are hard-headed, and we have to learn the hard way, and sometimes that's the case. But I'll give you an example. Uh, Cindy and I take Rex to speech therapy twice a week in Tuesdays and Thursdays. That's sort of like Cindy's committed to doing that because we believe that spirit, speech therapy because he had a cleft lip and a cleft palate. All oh, you're aware of that. And he's doing well with that. We take him into uh, this place and they do very well with the therapists and working with them an hour each time. And so I was sitting with him this uh, past Thursday and I was sitting in the chair and he goes in and they've got toys there. Okay. And he likes the monster trucks. So they've got three or four monster trucks. You know, boys like boys' things and girls like girls' things. How can that be? He'll go right straight to the trucks. The girls go straight to something else. They don't go to the trucks at all. But he picked all three trucks up and he had them in his arms because there are other kids of places, is, is a lot of traffic with kids in and out, and he's holding those uh, monster trucks in his arms like this. And I watched a little boy that was much younger than he was come toddling in there and I knew, I said, he's going to go right straight as a beeline towards Rex and take those monster trucks away from him. And I said, okay. So that's what he did. I watched him. He toddled over there and went right straight to Rex and pulled him out and he got a hold of one. Well, Rex didn't know how to handle it. And so he got down on his knees like this. This is what the boy, little boys are do and all. And he gets down on his knees and I can see this bottom lip poked out. He's, you know, like... How do I handle this? This boy keeps coming in here. He did it before. He's done it again. And so he looked up, and I said, "Come here, come here." And so he came over, and he sat between. He stood between my legs, and I talked to him, and I said, "You know, uh, this, this little boy is a lot younger than you are. He doesn't know how to share, and he well he's going to have to learn how to share." But I said, "You know how to share. You know he's the only child, so only children, many only children like that. Sometimes they have trouble. I understand." that uh, learning how to share. I said, you're going to have to share. And you have to understand. He's listening to me, okay? He's got his head down. His lip is kind of poked out. And he's, I said, you got to learn to be able to share. And I said, uh, that little boy is going to let go of that truck and, real quickly anyway. He's not, he's not going to have it very long. So maybe you can teach him how to share and, and to be. And I said, but I want to tell you something. I said, I'm real proud of you. I said, you did not at all get angry with the boy. Obviously, you were disappointed, and you were upset. But I said, you did not, and I'm real proud of you for acting the way that you did, and, and so forth. And he listened the whole time I was standing there, and he'll be five in in May. And I was talking to him, and so he listened and all. And so uh, little boy, sure enough, put all those monster trucks down. And so Rex takes, gets them back up again and sits beside me. And so he's listened, as this said, to our instruction. I'm his grandfather. But we can teach that. That role, and whoever it may be, of friends, may be important as those families allow that, us to do that. That instruction, that wisdom that we give to teach them right about sharing, not retaliating and all these things. And that's just a simple illustration because it impressed me. So I told Cindy uh, later on that day, I said, hey, you know, she goes, what did you say? And I told her, and, and all she goes, I had told him the same thing last week. (laughs) I said, okay. So you don't know. We listen to God's instruction. Because when we say he's a good, good father, he is a good, good father. Amen. And sometimes when you pray to him and you say, you know, uh, our father who art in heaven, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. And you say, Father, doesn't that hold just a real meaning of intimacy? When you whisper, Father, He's your Father, and He's very, very intimate with you. He's very, very caring and loving towards us. He will provide for us. He protects us. He does all types of things. He's our Father, our our Heavenly Father. We will spend eternity with Him in heaven. Amen. He provided a way for you and I through Jesus Christ, His Son, and died for our sins and And took the sins of the world upon him, and all who will believe upon him shall have eternal life. And so, given that instruction, we see that today as far as uh, hearing instruction. Proverbs 4 says, listen, my son, to a father's instruction. Pay attention and gain understanding. Proverbs 19 says, listen to advice and accept instruction. In the end, you will be wise. I bet all of us here could say, if you listened, if you you had parents that really spoke to you, my father and mother were very wise and all and so forth. And, you know, until I got up a little bit in age and so forth, before that time, I didn't think they knew anything. But after I became, I I was out on my own, I realized they were very wise real quick, okay? I know we could say the same thing. We just thought they were stupid at that point, okay? But you look back and you go, man, they were real wise and what they said was something I needed to pay attention to. So we need to be, so to speak, quick to listen. Listening is a skill. I want to speak to you men today because men do not have good listening skills. Some do. But, look, all the women are going, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. You're right, Jim. But we have to learn that, don't we? Women, obviously, have better listening skills than we do. And most of it, what are we doing when somebody is talking to us about something that really they need to get off their hearts and we need to listen, what are we doing? In most cases, a lot of times, is we're thinking about what we're going to say. And so what happens, you check out in that conversation and you begin to think what you want to say and you really lose that listening with that individual as you begin to have that conversation. Because people, I want to tell you today, it's been proven, psychiatrists say, that if people were listened to, I mean, I'm talking about what's called active listening. Is actively listen to them, listen to them, engage with them. And really don't think about what you're going to say. A lot of healing could take place just from listening. And we know we can do that. But really, we need to train ourselves to listen. Quick to listen and slow to speak here, obviously. I remember Adrian Rogers. Adrian Rogers was a Baptist pastor in Memphis, Tennessee. He has gone home to be with the Lord, been gone for years. But I listened to him because I respected him. I admired him, obviously. I listened to his teaching and so forth because he preached the way I, I would like, maybe <laughs> maybe before I leave, some way to preach like him, okay? He had a big church there in Memphis, Tennessee. And I remember him saying this story one time. I'll never forget it. And he, he spoke it before the congregation. And he said that his wife was on a trip and uh, had to fly by plane and so forth. And his wife called him and said, uh, Adrian, I've, I've missed my flight. And immediately he conjured up, and whatever, I forget her name, but she began to tell her, well, go back to the ticket counter, go back to customer service, and, and do this and that and so forth. And he was giving her the whole rigmarole of how to do it. When all of a sudden his wife said, Adrian, and it got his attention. And Adrian said, I wasn't listening to her. See, what happens is we just want to say, hey, let's cut to the chase and let's get to the bottom line. And that's why we're quick many times to speak and we override and we sometimes open mouth and insert foot, don't we? And and we need to listen. And that's what James is so wise in giving us these things about just simple things we can do because we're listening, listening one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, certainly here. And so... Uh, We see here in verse 18. Take note of this. He says, it's a reminder. Everyone should be quick to listen here. So how am I going to benefit from the word of God if I don't listen here? If I'm not focused on what really is being said, how am I going to really learn from the word of God? You know, we did move the clock up and so forth. And I, I don't know if anybody here is drowsy. And maybe by the end of the sermon, you will be if you're not now. Okay. But we need to listen. To the word of God. I was taking my car in on Friday and, and all. And I know the mechan, my mechanic for years and all. And did actually the funeral for his wife uh, some five years ago. And he was talking to me about that. He needed somebody listen. It had been five years actually since she's passed away. I had an opportunity to share Christ with her. went in their home, went upstairs and she was there by herself and shared Jesus with her. And she uh, asked Jesus to come in her heart. And so uh, his name is Brian, and uh, Brian's an excellent mechanic. He wanted to talk, and he began talking. I listened to him. I just listened, and I, I sort of, I would interject something every now and then, but I would not override that by saying, well, you know what's going on with me? you know." And sometimes when you say, you know, and let me tell you what's going on with me, they don't even hear what you're saying because they just need somebody to listen. And so by the time our car had already been completed and everything, and Brian, being the, one of the owners of the shop and all that, he just took the time with me. At the end of the shop, we, uh, we had, we're still talking. And so at the end there, he said, I talked to him about what was happening because he teared up. He talked about his, his wife, Lisa. And he teared up, and I, I, he told me later, he, I, I'm so glad you listened to me. I'm glad. He said, I like talking to you. It's something I had to work at, folks, and I know maybe you do too. But we need to listen. James has given us good instruction here. And so to be a blessed hearer of the Word of God, we've got to be quick to listen and slow to speak, certainly. Quick to listen. It's very important when you think about that today. You know, James talks about unruly tongues in uh, James chapter 1 verse 26 says, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue he deceives himself and his religion is worthless in other words what we say as we talked about it there's obviously life or death in the power of the tongue we can speak life over people or we can speak death over people I was listening to a testimony here recently y'all may know the, the man's name is John Tesh he plays the piano. He's a Christian. He was talking on an interview that he had. I didn't hear all the interview, but one thing I did hear was, he said, I, uh, I, I stopped talking negative things over me, and I began to sp- speak positive things. I'm not talking about a Norman Vincent Peale thing, that you change things, a reality. I'm saying today, we need to obviously watch what we say and watch it uh, and, and keep a rein on our tongue because the tongue is like the rudder of a ship, a big ship. That little tongue can do so much damage today. And we hear that today because there's so much inflammatory words that we hear. If you listen to obviously between now and the election and maybe probably afterwards, there'll be so much inflammatory things that are said and and, uh, all these things. We have to be careful about that. In Proverbs 15, it says the heart of the righteous weighs answered answers, but the mouth of the wicked just gushes evil. So anybody that's lived very long, at all knows the, uh, when trouble with ill-advised words come out of our mouth. And somebody wrote this. Listen to this. I'm careful of the words I say to keep them soft and sweet. I never know from day to day which ones I'll have to eat. <laughs> Are words soft and sweet? I never know which ones I'm going to have to eat. You never know. Doesn't it end as a reminder? And you all think, oh, man, I've got this down pat, Jim. So you check out now. Don't check out. I've got more to say. (laughs) But you know what? I'm in a continual learning process as we walk through this journey called life. I haven't arrived yet. You know, my words are not always soft and sweet. And there are many that I've had to eat. And maybe you have also. James gives us some good stuff here today here. Have you heard uh, the phrase, well, I'm a man of a few words. You've heard that before, isn't it? Well, this story here, let me read it. And uh, I read this here recently. A backwoods preacher found this young boy all alone playing in the dirt. And he said, where's your father? And the boy said, uh, he he was hanged last week. And then he, he says, well, where's your mother? And he says, she ran off. Well, do you have a sister? Yep. Where is she? She's in jail. Is there anybody else in your family? Yep. I've got a brother. Where is he? He's at Harvard University. Well, at least one member of your family is doing well. And what is it he's studying? He said, nothing. They're studying him. (laughs) He's (laughs) down on his luck there, certainly, isn't he? Obviously, um, it talks about that anger and not to be angry. We have a lot we could look around and be angry about, don't we? We see things, we're angry. And sometimes it comes from way back. Something happened, somebody did something to us, and it's festering there because maybe we haven't forgiven that person, or we haven't released that person and all that, and we're in some type of bondage. And so we see that today. Angry, he talks about it. And don't get angry here. And, uh, and the, the main thing here is, that, is a, to give it to the Lord. It's prayer. give it to him. Uh, he'll take it. He'll change your heart. If you're, I want to tell you, one thing I do know, that if you want to change, God will change you. If you say no and, and, and so forth and say, there's nothing wrong with me. I don't need any of this. And I don't need the Bible. I don't need the Word of God. Uh, the wisdom that it's there and the instruction that is there. Then God says, go ahead. He loves you. But you'll get in a whole heap of trouble. And God gives us that instruction, doesn't he? I'll, we'll give you this advice here. Don't make uh, decisions when you're angry. Some people make decisions. What happens? They make decisions when they get angry. They flare up and, and everything around them is chaotic. And, and they make a decision. And when those decisions are made like that, later on, in most cases, probably you'll regret it. James is saying don't get angry here. The second thing here is lay aside obstructions and distractions. He says, therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that's so prevalent. You know, wickedness was very prevalent in James' day. Well, wickedness is very prevalent uh, in our, our daytime today, too. I was talking to Daryl and George and Cherry and, and uh, Debbie about it. You know, it's prevalent today. There's a lot of rise there of evil and darkness and so forth. And, and so we need to continue to be careful and to guard ourselves. You know, guard, guard your heart because it says it's the, the wellspring of life. It's thing Guard yourself from those things. Flee from temptation. Move away. Don't go in things and, and these types of things. Get, get your eyes off of things where you shouldn't have your eyes. Don't even go there. Begin to protect yourself here. Get rid of all moral filth. And, and uh, all those things that are immoral and so forth. And in Exodus chapter 25 through Exodus 40, it talks about the tabernacle. You know, David and, and I mean, uh, Moses and, and the Israelites there, they were moving from place to place. And they would move the tabernacle with them and all that. And, and a couple of the, artic- the articles that were in that tabernacle was, first of all, the brazing altar. And I love the symbolism here. When it all points to Jesus... And here where the brazen altar is, it's where the sacrificial animals were, were slain. And that blood was poured out there in abundance as a foreshadowing of Calvary, where Jesus would be the ultimate sacrifice. The brazing altar says something crucial about worshiping God. We need to be cleansed because it says in Hebrews chapter 9, there can be no forgiveness without the shedding of blood. There has to be blood. You know, many churches today, they've they've uh, kind of uh, t- took it, taken out of their hymn books or their songs, anything about the blood of Jesus, because they go, oh, man, this is grotesque. And, you know, this is certainly can't be certainly uh, the right theology and so forth. Well, it is, because without the, Jesus shedding his blood for you and I, there could be no forgiveness of sin. Isn't that good news. I'll keep singing about the blood of Jesus. I'll keep preaching about the blood of Jesus. Because it's obviously a way of salvation. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins there. So that brazing altar, obviously, uh, we want to get rid of that moral filth. Asking the Lord to cleanse us with his blood. Confessing. First John uh, talks about confessing our sins. Uh, repenting of our sins. Which means, uh, obviously, a change of your mind and a change of your actions. God is working that in our time. And I believe before he takes us home, you're going to see something happen marvelous in our hearts today. It may be painful, but it'll be a good painful because God is changing us. He's taking things away that maybe we took before. And we said, there's nothing wrong with it. And God said, no, I want you to have my best. And I'm going to remove this from your life, whatever it may be. And he does that, doesn't it? The second article here was the brazen laver. It was necessary, obviously, it's where, where the water was. And they, they washed the sacrifices and, and themselves before approaching God there. And so we are washed in the water of the Word, actually. When you're here, and, and I'm speaking, it's the Spirit of God is actually washing you with that Holy Word there. You don't feel it or anything, but actually it's happening. The washing of the water of God, you're listening to these things. So there is a right way to approach God and James 4 it says come near to God and he'll come near to you wash your hands you sinners and purify your hearts you double minded and so drawing near to God involves purifying our hearts preparations there and 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 so the question is have we obviously put away all that moral filth and the evil there whatever God shows us those words are pretty obviously pronounced but have we obviously been cleansed in the blood? Have we confessed to the Lord? Have we gotten away and said, Lord, search me and try me and see if there's any offensive way within me and lead me into the way everlasting. Search me by my heart, Holy Spirit. Is there something not right? He'll show you if you're ready to move and ready to get rid of it. Certainly, it's very important. First Peter chapter 1 says this, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as He who called you is holy... So be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. You're holy because positionally you've accepted Christ. If you believed in Jesus, you accepted Christ. You've been born again. And you're holy. But in performance wise, I'm not talking about perfection. We will not reach perfection, obviously. But there is a bend of your heart to say you want to be more like Jesus. You want to be obviously walk like him. And you don't want anything to obstruct you or distract you in your life. And that moral filth gets in there. And he'll show you. He'll remove it from your life if, you just, if you're serious. Just ask him. He'll do it. It's his work. And you'll, be, you'll get freedom. When that happens, you get free. Get free here. And so anybody, obviously, we're living in sin sometimes a double life. And we're doing this and that and all that. And God will eventually, he's going to confront. And he will speak to us about it saying, that's got to go. And so certainly, um, all means all here. All right. I want you to think of something when you think about this before you come in. I've mentioned this before is worship the Lord all week. I've talked about it. Worship the Lord all week. Whatever time God gives you. Maybe for a few moments there. And that may be something. Singing. If, if you listen to whatever, KHCB or uh, uh, the, other, uh, the other contemporary Christian stations or whatever. Worship the Lord. Sing to Him. Tell Him you love Him. Whatever it is that's on your heart, go before Him. Go before Him and ask Him to do these things in your life. It's important to do that. It will obviously, it helps to get rid of that moral filth in your life. He begins to cleanse you, again, by the washing of the Word. That washing that we need. The Word of God washes us. You know, Jesus washed His disciples' feet, you know. And remember Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet, I'll wash your feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, then you'll have none of me. He's basically rebuking him in a nice way. I had to do this. And he said that. So washing, obviously that cleansing, being symbolic, is something that's very important in our lives. The junk in our lives, God shows this to us. But what it does is it's like earwax. You can't hear. And so when you begin to get rid of the junk in your life, God begins to open the ears of your heart. You begin to hear him speak. Through his word, through circumstances, through that still, small voice, through impressions on your heart. You begin. You want to hear God? You know what? Everybody in this place, I guarantee you, you would long to hear God, don't you? What do you need here today? Do you need direction and wisdom? Do you need instruction? God will will direct you. But get rid of the junk. Come before him and be cleansed in the blood. Be washed in the water and come before him and, and listen to him and let him speak to you because God still speaks. God has a way. And he's so personal with that. He's so intimate. Let him speak to you. The third thing here is to receive the God-given instruction uh, that he gives you. Someone once said the greatest uh, distance truth has to travel is only 18 inches between a person's mind and a person's heart. That truth there. We, we know here. But somehow we don't, we don't allow it to, to go down in our hearts and get down in our innermost being there. And so we've got to obviously receive the word uh, meekly. We've got to listen to the word. You know, we, we come in many times. We've had maybe a rough week. We've, talked, we've heard that spoken. And we've had some, some uh, real challenges this week. I'm sure maybe all of us have. Maybe it's been a good week. Great. But we've had challenges here. And then when we come in here, we, again, sometimes we check out. But you know what I like? I love to set. I'm up here a lot. But when I do, I'm mentored uh, once a month by pastors that uh, I've met with now for a couple years. And I love that. And when I sit down listening to, the, to these gentlemen that I respect who are pastors and preachers and teachers of the word, uh, I'm ready to go. Because I'm, I'm looking forward. Let's, let's get on. And we're sitting around listening. And I take a notebook and I'm writing out everything they're saying. I'm, I'm listening intently. I want to hear everything they say. And when I, it gets a little bit fast and I can't get it down because I, I don't know shorthand. Is I say, would you repeat that again? I want to hear that. I want to write that down because I want to go back over that again. And I believe that's the way we should be even here. You know, I know you use your phones many times for the Bible. But if you don't have a Bible, get one. If you don't. And it's not for just the coffee table to collect dust. Get a, phone, get, get a Bible. Get into it. Get reading the word of God. I, li- I, I use my phone some, in the mornings when I get together. Because it, it's dark in the house. And I'll, it's light. And I can read it. Because I don't I need uh, you know, the, uh, the glasses. The Walgreens specials. But read the word. And listen to it intently. What are you saying God here in this situation? I listen to other preachers. I listen to other teachers. I love it. I want to hear everything they say. When I respect somebody and I hear they're teaching the word of God, I I intently listen. And that's what James is saying. But what he's saying also, don't just be hearers of the word. What's he saying? But be ye doers of the word. He's saying do it. You need to listen. And you need to act on that instruction. You need to take note of what God is saying in your life. If you sit down in the morning with your Bible, put a notebook beside you with with a pen. And if God speaks to you, write it down. It's like journaling. Journaling's powerful, trust me. And it is a spiritual thing you can do. And write what God says to you down there. Maybe your prayer list or whatever it may be. We use our bulletin for prayer lists here also. But whatever God says, he's a man who's listening. I want to hear what you have to say, Lord. I want to listen intently. I don't want to just come to church and somehow go through the motions. You know, Ezekiel, listen to this. Ezekiel 33 says, My people come to you, as they usually do, and sit before you to listen to your words. But they don't put them into practice. With their mouths they express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. Indeed, to them you are nothing more than one who sings love songs with a beautiful voice and plays an instrument well. For they hear your words, uh, but they don't put them into practice here. What were they doing? They were playing church. They were going through the motions. They were playing church. They need to listen here. Okay. Be ye doers of the word, not just hearers, certainly. And you know, it says that man is looking in a mirror. And then he goes away from that mirror. And he doesn't see how he really is. It's like a man. And I can't say this as much as I used to be because... Our culture has changed, but a man who comes and he's got, you know, dabs in his eyes and all oh, he looks there, you know how to sleep in your eyes and all that, and he's got a beard and all that, and you know, he's unkempt, his hair is not combed and so forth. If we have hair, I don't have any, but some of you do, and he looks at himself and he sees that, but then what does he do? He walks away from it and he doesn't do anything about it. Instead of shaving, instead of taking the washcloth and washing his eyes, instead of combing his hair, he just walks away. And that's what happens when we just hear the word of God and we don't put those things that are important into practice. When we just say, oh, my land, he's just another long-winded preacher. Help us get out of here so we can go have lunch. Right? But we need to be doers. We need to put those, uh, that what we've learned, because what happens is, is we are in self-deception. We need to listen. That mirror reflects something. You start reading the word and studying it and asking God to speak, and all types of conviction come. God spoke to me here recently. He speaks to me at various times, very clearly, and uh, I was not doing something I should have been doing. And I had not been doing something for years and years. And now he's shown me. And I'm going to do it now. There's something that that I believe I was being disobedient to the Lord. And so I'm going to change and do that. And you think, well, dang, Jim, you're a preacher. Hey, I told you, we're all under construction. We all are going the same. We all need prayer, Okay. And that's why when you, we call you forward and you, you ask for prayer one time and you say, well, should I, I really, I feel God's pushing me to come forward prayer. Come forward for prayer. We'll pray for you again. We know you were here at this, but you keep on. You see, that's where it's at because what God is doing. And in First John, it talks about walking in the light as he is in the light. And you have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sins. What's that mean? What you do is you bring your faults out like that. And obviously, be careful. You want people to keep it in confidence. And we will keep it in confidence here. But you keep things in confidence, certainly. But when it's brought out into the light, it doesn't hold the power over you uh, uh, at, that it does when it's in the dark. There's so much bondage. There's so much, uh, there's snares and and strongholds in people's lives. And he's talking to Christians here in this scripture. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's talking to you and me. He's saying, do these things. So evidently, they were having trouble with it. Because obviously here, James was given that instruction. We need to continue on. And so the blessing will come. The blessing of hearing the word of God. I'm excited about what God's going to do. Obviously, the blessing occurs when you do it. When you put it into practice. So I want the blessed life. How about you? I want to be blessed. And you know I, I struggle with some of the things God calls me to do. Yes I do. Trust me. I do. But I want to tell you there, there are things obviously my flesh wants to do that I had to say no to. Because the flesh screams. When you begin to deny the flesh what's it do? It screams. It says, I want to do that over there. I want to do what I did back then before I came to Christ. Or, or maybe as you came in, maybe it's still there and so forth. But that flesh, boy, the flesh screams. It said, let me do this. And God said, no, no. It's going to be, bring harm to you. And I want to bless you. And so to be blessed hearers of the word of God, we need to obviously pay attention to the word, get into the word, listen to the word, be intently wanting to hear what God has to say. And uh, deny, crucify that flesh. Because obviously we've been crucified with Christ, right? And I no longer live. But it's Christ who lives within me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. That's Tom Hope's favorite scripture, isn't it, Tom? I don't know, I've been crucified. You're dead. When that ugly sin raises its head, you see... It was nailed to the cross over 2,000 years ago. It was nailed. It was done. It's done. And you're a dead man and a dead woman walking because you've died with Christ. You know, buried with Christ in death but raised to walk in the newness of life. He's saying today, whatever it is on your heart, whatever the issue is, be slow to speak and quick to listen. Listen to his instruction. Listen to the word of God. The wisdom that's there. It's so wise and so instructive. And all that. And, and remember this. If there's condemnation. You're a Christian. And condemnation starts getting heaped on you. The devil is beating you with that. Because he doesn't condemn you. But he convicts you. There's a difference. Between condemnation and conviction. The Holy Spirit gives you grace. To make that change. The condemnation says. The devil says. You'll never make it. You know what you have to do? you got to remind yourself, and I do too, of who you are. Your identity is not in your failure. Your identity is not in your past. Your identity is not in what you did last week. Your identity is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. Hallelujah. But we do identify ourselves with that failure. Or maybe it's because, you know, we didn't walk with the Lord years ago. Whatever it may be. You want to desire now. You see, God understands that our hearts, uh, obviously, we, we, we want, we're drawn to that. It's like, you know, which dog do you feed? The white dog or the black dog? You know, you feed, you feed the white dog, don't you? Feed it with the word of God. Get into the word of God. Pray. Seek the Lord. That black dog, which is all the world gives you. That black dog wants to win, and that black dog is ferocious, and he bites hard, and sometimes we fall in at it. Now, I want to share. This is the good news. real good news. and that is, if we confess our sins, the Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And that good news? Because we're under construction. We haven't arrived. But God's doing a work in your life and my life. It's a work that only he can do. But somehow I join him. I don't understand that. It's all grace. But somehow in that mystery of how that works is, is because we join him. But he works that in my heart and your heart too. And I'm just blessed to be a part of the family of God. Amen? You too? Be a part of this, what God's doing in the earth today. Maybe God... And some things I won't share all because I'm trying to get confirmation. But I felt God spoke to me about something very encouraging here recently that will be for all of us in preparation for what God's going to do. So get ready. Be ready. Get into the Word. Uh, seek Him with all your heart. He says if you do, then He'll be found by us. But we need to get into it. It's, it's our involvement. And he, He's a gentleman. He stands until we wish that The Bible says there in James... To draw near to Him. And what's He say? He'll draw near to us, right? Draw near to Him. Give your heart wholeheartedly. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father, for this day. And thank you for your truth, your word. We love you, Lord. We praise you. I pray if there are decisions being made in here. If no one, someone here has never really accepted Christ, I pray today would be the day that they just bow their hearts and say, I need you, Jesus. Come into my heart and save me. Forgive me of every sin. I want to know when I die, That I'm going to heaven. I want to know that I know that I know. Anybody here today, that decision is being made in your heart by something the Spirit. Whatever the Spirit is saying to you today, whatever you're saying, maybe it's about just the fact I need to renew my relationship with the Lord. I need to. I need to come. I need to do that. And I ask, whatever it may be, it's healing. Jesus is the answer. Whatever it is, I need financial blessings and so forth. Go to the Lord, put it before Him. He answers prayers. He wants you to know that He's alive. He's not something we just study. And maybe as a child, you came to Sunday school or you know church and all that, and all. He's real. He's here right now, and you can talk to Him, and you can share your heart, your deepest fears with Him, your deepest needs to Him. Whatever it is, he's our father because he's good, and he's good, and he's good. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Father.